turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2. As we are continuing with the theme that we want to see throughout 2018 of just breathe. To take some time as a church spiritually to breathe in His Word. Beginning in January 2018, we will begin a church-wide Bible reading plan together. Um, F-250 to 60. Someone need to put that up. on. We need to make a screen for that so I can read that. F-260 for 260 days. Leaving the weekends and times where you might just not get to it that day. Where we'll read the Bible together. So each week we'll have our plan. It'll be great for us to learn how to discuss this together. We'll talk about that, uh, Lord willing, next Sunday. Uh, but the idea is that we learn and grow in Christ together, reading the Word of God together, breathing in, craving the spiritual milk of His Word. And so uh, I want to prepare for that as. Uh, once holidays begin, we'll be doing, of course, the christmas theme messages, so this is my time to introduce it, uh, so you'll know what I'm talking about come December and January uh, when we start to do this together. Uh, breathe. And so, uh, Lauren, last week as we looked at 1 Peter, we really kind of began with chapter 1, verse 22, through chapter 2, verse 4, looking at the Word of God, how to read the Word of God, and we'll be doing instructions on how to read the Word of God as we continue throughout in 2018 and sharing with one another. Uh, and then coming to chapter 2, verse 4, and we're going to look primarily uh, for verses 4 through 8, as this will also be celebrating communion. Uh, this is a very fitting passage, and what we'll be doing in, as we celebrate the ordinance, the second ordinance that Jesus commanded us, baptism being the first one, the Lord's Supper being the second one. Uh, so this being God's Word, I'm going to ask that we stand as we read this together. I'm going to read it out loud as you read silently along with me. 1 Peter chapter 2, begin with verse 4. As you come to Him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in Him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. You may be seated. I just want to make a connection between what we looked at last week and verse 4. As we read chapter 1, verse 20 through, 20 through 25, you have the emphasis of the word of God. The word of the Lord will remain forever. And so that we're born by this abiding word of God. This word is good news preached to us. And so we 
We go and say in chapter 2, therefore we put away those things that rob life from us as a community. Peter is emphasizing that this is a community that is suffering, is being persecuted, and so they need to love one another. These are the things that will rob that, and so there's a high emphasis uh, as this being yourselves in a plural sense. In other words, as a community, as a church, we do these things together. And so instead of these malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander, we move instead of verse 2 to crave the word of God, to the pure spiritual milk that we may grow up into salvation. There needs to be changing that's happening in our life. I hope that as you look back over the last 10, 15 years, that you can see that perhaps maybe there is humility in your life where there once was not. There is maybe an openness to admit you're wrong that maybe 10 years ago you were not open toward. Perhaps maybe there is a desire, a willingness to give of yourself to someone that once was not a part of who you are. These are some of the things that happens as we grow spiritually. We never stop growing spiritually. It's been said of Sir Edmund Hillary, he was the first one of the Western world to, uh, to uh, climb Mount Everest, but he made several attempts before ever succeeding. And at one time, the English Parliament brought him back, and they wanted to reward him for the efforts that he was doing. They put a picture of Mount Everest up. But as he came in, he started crying. He remembered the five uh, that went with him that died, and he left there uh, at the mountain. These thoughts came to him, and he started just banging his fist. Because instead of joy, it was frustration that he's not yet done it. And he made this statement to this picture of the mountain. You can no longer grow but I can keep growing. And so the idea is he was going to persevere and pre- keep on working until he did uh, make that mountain. So the idea is for us spiritually to keep growing in our life. And so we come to verse 4. Note, he has been talking about coming to the Word of God. Craving the Word of God. But then verse 4, he says, as you come to Him. I want you to make a connection here. First, reading the Word of God. As we read the Word of God, we are actually coming to Christ. That's one of the first observations I want you to make. As we read the Word of God, we are coming to Christ. We're arriving to Him. We're seeking Him. And so as we say that as a church, we want to read the Word of God together, we are saying we want to come to Christ together. We we want to do these activities that God can give His grace through which we have greater intimacy with Him. And so just make that connection as you come to him, but yet he's been talking about craving the word of God, craving the spiritual milk. And so I want you to understand that when we read the Bible, always open the Bible with this first prayer. God, I want you. The point of me reading your word is that I can learn more of who you are. And so as we read the Bible, we're coming with that first question. First question, God, show me who you are as I read this. And after you read that portion, ask yourself, what did I learn about Christ? What did I learn about God? 
If you're if not able to answer that question, then you're not reading it correctly with the right motivation. Say, God, teach me more of who you are. So I would encourage you, begin with that prayer. And I say, as in 2018, let us make that our prayer together as a church. We want to come to Christ. Sometimes we, we wear the Christian tag like a label, like, a, like it's a political party. Oh, uh, you can call me a Christian now. Really? Why? Well, I, I, you know, I just, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me. Uh, you know, I, I believe that he rose again. I believe that he is God in the flesh. I, I believe these things. I, I adhere to these creedal statements. <laughs> but this isn't a platform on which we agree. It is a posture of your heart before God to say, I want to learn of you, Lord. I want to let you work in my life. I want to trust in you. I want to depend on you. It is a posture of your thinking, a posture of your attitude uh, that defines following Christ. It's not a label that you wear. You fall in and fall out of Christianity. It is a posture of seeking the Lord and desiring Him. So as we come to Him, as we read the Word of God, we are coming to Him. So we keep on reading. As you come to him, a living stone. As we come to him, we're coming to Christ as the foundation of our life. The foundation of our life. Uh, you see this as a theme throughout this passage. The living stone that we see in verse 6, the cornerstone. Sometimes you might see the capstone. You see that again in verse 7. And so this is a stone that can bring life of which you build your life, or it is a stone of stumbling that which will condemn you. So you remember when you were in preschool and you had the blocks, and you always, uh, us boys anyway, we tended to build a tower of the blocks, and we, and we still do that with the game Jenga, right? And so we, we build the tower, and the whole goal of it is to keep it as tall as you can, and you know that it can get tall as long as you have the foundation, everything lined up on top of the foundation. But once the weight moves away from the foundation, then the collapse occurs. So y'all have done the trust fall? <laughs> Uh, a number of years ago, our deacons went to a, a retreat, and um, the retreat person, retreat leader said, let's do a trust fall. Most of us did not want to do a trust fall. If, you, if you're not familiar with it, uh, you kind of stand, or you might be in a tight circle, but no, we did, were not in a tight circle. This person was standing on a platform, and everyone was underneath them, and the idea is you stand there, and you lift the, let the, the weight the center of your weight, leave your foundation, your feet, right? So you keep leaning a little further and further until I, I'm good right here, but if I go much further, it's bad because the weight leaves my feet. And so you are having to lean on, trust and depend on the foundation of someone else. We were all good until Chris came up. Where's, where's Chris at? He's in the back. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll tell him. Y'all, y'all will tell him. That's a, you know, and when Chris came up, he's on that platform, uh, you know, he's a big guy, the guy that's leading worship, and you know, we're all looking like, this is not a good idea, this is not a good thing. The weight with the, the some physics, you know, gravity, and the distance, we were not confident that we had the foundation for it, all right? So when he talks about the value, value Christ and come to him as the foundation of your life. In other words, let your, the weight of who you are be dependent on Jesus Christ and who he is. 
That's what, if that's what essentially it means to have Christ as your cornerstone, the foundation for your life, for who you are, for your hopes, for your dreams, your sins, your past mistakes, your regrets, the weight of it must be shifted away from you into the person of Jesus. Let him be your cornerstone. So we come to him as the foundation for a life. And then he says, this is verse 4, come to him a living stone. There's five, then you yourselves like living stones are being built up. What you depend on, you become like. If you depend on a living stone, you become a living stone. You become, uh, Christ becomes the pattern. And so we come to Christ as the pattern for our life, for who we are. Uh, you know what's wonderful about this? Is as we come to Christ as our pattern for life. Uh, that means we flow into who he is. We get conformed to his image. But what's also amazing about this is that when God sees us, he sees Christ. You ever heard the saying, uh, the perception is reality? It just depends on who's perceiving. <laughs> Have you ever thought about that? Perception is reality? Mm, not entirely. I remember we were stating that and challenging a Christian brother. Someone made that statement. And he, and he responded with, do you really believe that? Perception is reality. And I come to conclusion, the only perception that ultimately matters and defines reality is God's perception. God's perception. And so, let me just share something with you. In John chapter 17, Jesus made this incredible prayer. As This is the Lord's, when he instituted the Lord's Supper, right before Calvary, the next day. He makes this prayer in John 17, verse 22. He says, the glory that you've given me, he's talking to God the Father, I have given to them. Jesus is sharing his glory with us, that they may be one, even as we are one. I and them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you've given me may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you've given me, because you loved me, before the foundation of the world. Now, I want you to look at this phrase again, verse 22, 23. So the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you loved me. You get this? He is saying that when you're in Christ, he's praying that the same love of God the Father between God the Son, they have been sharing life for eternity. They have been blessing one another uh, and, and giving grace and glory, sharing with one another. He says, this love that we've had for one another, I want them now to enter into that expression of worship and love between the Father and the Son. And, and God says, yes. And so let me go back to the statement, perception is reality. God perceives us as Jesus. He perceives us as loved by him. He perceives us as right as Jesus. And that becomes reality. And so as I read the word of God, as I come to Christ, the spirit of Christ is working in me and shaping me to who God sees me to be. The cornerstone 
lined up with him. And so as I live life and I read the word of God and it speaks to my heart and tells me there's this whole track of my thinking that's not lined up with the foundation of Jesus Christ. As God says, repent, I resist it. And I say, but God, I like this so much. I don't want to do that. I don't want to bend to your will. If I do that, then, then I'll miss out on some happiness. And God is saying instead, this area, this attitude that you've got is outside of who I am. And you need to know that as long as you persist in this area of disobedience, it is outside of the character of God. It will not last and it will not give you joy. Trust me. Trust me. And conform. As I come to Christ, cornerstone, he's the foundation for my life. He is the pattern for my life. If we keep on reading, he says, verse 4, as you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. Chosen and precious. We come to Christ as the greatest value of our life. The greatest value of our life. God sees him as precious. When you have him as the value of your life, he says to you in verse 6, whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. If you value Jesus as Christ, as the greatest value of your life, there will not be shame in your life. I was, uh, I was watching something that uh, it was kind of this, this show of um, unnecessary, waste, wasteful spending. And <laughs> it described someone, somebody, I don't know who it was, that uh, had an iPhone and created a gold uh, cover for it. So it took the stuff of it and, and put it in a gold foam phone, the home button was diamond encrusted. It was uh, something like four million dollars for an iPhone 5. (laughs) I thought, I'm sure that was great and on the edge back then. Four million dollars. How did they not know there wouldn't be an iPhone 6 or 7 and 8 now, yes, the 10. All that money. Can you imagine flashing that phone around? Like, man, that's snazzy. That's a five. There's a, there's a bit of shame of investing so much in something that is so passing. A woman, and I don't think I see any women with shoulder pads going on much anymore, or the, the teased hair. You know, that was great in the 80s. But there's, there's some things that, that are passing. Pick on one of our deacons. Notice that he had a cowboy jersey with Ezekiel Elliott on there. Sorry, Teddy. <laughs> the problem is when you get these jerseys and you, yeah, they're expensive. And it's got a name on there, right? It's like, well, this jersey is going to be great as long as the name is great. As long as they're making plays. Once they stop making plays or something comes out, then it's like, okay, I have to have a little disclaimer. I want to wear this now. (laughs) Teddy, Teddy will pick on me later on. The thing is, read this again. 
whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. When you make Christ your cornerstone, when you make him your foundation, when you make him your glory, when you, when you wear the jerseys with Christ on the back, when, when you've got Christ around you, it doesn't matter. There's not going to be something that supersedes Christ someday. There's not going to be some point of shame like, oh yeah, I was the fool that trusted in him. What God is saying is there's going to be a day and time when all the false idols will be exposed for what they are. And we will be ashamed that we spent so much of our life on these things for glory, for value, for foundation. But when we trust in Christ, there is going to be a day when it's all said and was all declared Those who trust in Christ will not be ashamed anymore. But there will be those who have seen Christ and did not value Christ. How do you get to that point? Because nobody wants to be the one that the, the builder that rejected the cornerstone. No one wants to be the one who trips over Christ, the stone of stumbling and a rock of fence. No one wants to be that, the verse of 8, they stumbled because they disobeyed the word. How do we get to that point? It's very simple. It's very simple. We, all we have to do is value something else more than Christ. And the world is pitching every day, every moment of our life. There is a pitch with billions of dollars behind it to pitch before you value something or someone else more than Christ. It is the unified theme of every commercial, of every media campaign, value something else other than Christ. Then we become those who reject the preciousness of Jesus. God has seen him extremely precious. In just a little bit, we're going to celebrate communion. What do, we, what do we say by When we say communion, we are with Christ. We are fellowshipping with Christ. We're going to take some bread, and Jesus said, this bread represents my body, which is given for you. And he says, eat of it. Let the body of Jesus be in you, be a part of who you are. And he says, this cup represents my blood, which is shed for you. Drink of it. Let the blood of Jesus come into who we are. We digest it. We let it nourish us. And so we become one with Christ just as we are submerged into the water to represent that we are fully in Christ. He did it well. I didn't see hands sticking out of the water or anything like that. It's a picture of we are all in. But I want you to, to note something here. Verse 5. You yourselves Everywhere you see this you, it is a plural sense, referring to a people. And so what is being brought to us is that we are to be a people who together come to Christ. A people who together seek our foundation in Christ. A people who together will have a pattern of Christ in our life. A people who together say we value Christ more than anything else. That's why it is such an oxymoron to say, well, I just didn't enjoy worship today. (laughs) Because the worship is to be our expression of value of Christ. 
how we value our God. And so as we sing, as we share with one another, as we give of our finances to say we value Christ and we long to see Christ lifted up in the Nightdale preschool families. We long to see Christ lifted up in our neighborhoods. We long to see Christ lifted up in our government even and, and our society. And we give, we serve, we work for that purpose. That's part of what makes Green Pines, Green Pines as a church, not just a neighborhood, not just a community club. We have the same foundation. We value him more than all. And we will see his pattern going forth from us. So let's celebrate communion. But I would ask if you are not in Christ, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, we're going to ask that of respect for who we are and what this represents, that you just refrain, if you will. This is an invitation for those who are in Christ, who know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. 